created live on Fireside. Welcome, I'm Lori Lee Binstock, and this is a Trauma Survivor Thrivers Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me live on Fireside Chat, where you can be a part of the conversation as my virtual audience. I am your host, Lori Lee Benstock. Everyone has an opportunity to ask me or our guest questions by requesting to hop on stage, but we do ask that everyone be respectful. I will try to get to you as soon as possible. Today's guest is Michelle Wagner, a children's book author and advocate for families with special needs children. The main character in her book series, Mickey on the Move, Mickey, is Michelle's real-life 14-year-old son who was born with hearing loss in both ears and wears cochlear implants to aid him in his hearing journey. Michelle has dedicated her life to making sure Mickey has the best medical care and resources, and she assists families as they work together through the different approaches to raising a special needs child. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Laurie. Well, you know, I think this is amazing. You know, you, we, we kind of conversated briefly um, through email, but, you know, you talked about, I didn't realize it, but Mickey was adopted. Um, and you didn't know at the time during the adoption that Mickey, um, there was any hearing loss. Um, could you talk a little bit about that process of adoption and when you discovered um, he actually had some hearing loss? Sure. Um he, uh, so we decided, my husband um, at the time and I decided to adopt, and I had had a cousin in Ohio that just adopted two very sweet uh, boys uh, from Russia, actually, and uh, we decided to do the same. Uh, we had enough resources, and I researched and met other parents um, that went through a Bay Area, here where we live, um, adoption agency, and then also um, connected, you know, with resources to help guide us through the entire process. It was uh, long, about a year and a half, and uh, when they finally found Mickey for us in an orphanage in Samara, uh, he was about 16 months old, and we had to take three trips to Russia to visit him, and he was so sweet and smiley and instantly we made a connection with him. And they had just mentioned that he had ear infections and it was 20 below zero and cold. Mm -hmm. And uh, that might've been, you know, a significant factor. And he was also born premature. And once we, once the adoption process um, was finished and we brought him back to California, we shortly thereafter realized that he was not hearing. And we took him to an ear, nose, and throat specialist, and um, then on to a special hospital, UCSF, where an audiologist and a special team met with us, and they said he was uh, profoundly deaf in both ears, so he had no hearing. And they asked if we wanted a um, hearing and speaking child or um, a signing child, and then we would take the, you know, take it from there. 
And so we decided to give him every opportunity possible. And um, we, he was um, able to get bilateral cochlear implants. So that was implanting in both ears. And it was a very um, intense operation and time in our lives. And we had to wait um, you know, to be approved and then to get the operation. Recovery was a couple months. And uh, then he was implanted and um, his processors were activated. And he was um, three years old at that time. And now he is 14 and he is thriving, playing sports. And, uh, you know, we still do speech lessons every day. But the whole entire journey has been extremely rewarding. Oh, that's so amazing to hear. You know, it being being a parent, um, just w- without having a child with special needs is, is challenging. Um, what was it like for you through the, the whole process and, and, and raising a child, uh, now he's 14 with, and thriving, which is incredible. Um, what would you, how would you describe parenting a special needs child? Aside, aside from being, you know, rewarding, I think it was actually uh, a gift and something that um, sort of required me really stepping up to the plate and um, doing the best that I could. Uh, you know, they say God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. Exactly. Um, shortly after we adopted him, uh, my, his dad and I separated um, and we went through a pretty lengthy divorce while we were going through the whole cochlear implant uh, process. And, uh, you know, it had its challenges. Uh, I, at that time, um, you know, I decided to do whatever I needed on my end to be the best mom that I could and take this uh, gift and challenge on. Uh, you know, to the best of my ability. And, you know, every, everything now when I look back, all, all, everything that we have gone through and are still continuing to go through has, I think, made us both, you know, more um, empathetic. And Mickey is actually an extremely empathetic child. He really cares for others. Um, he likes helping others. And it's, it's been re- very rewarding. So you wrote a book series, Mickey on the Move, based on your son. What brought that on? Well, I am um, a realtor now, and <laughs> I've been in the restaurant <laughs> business, design business, although, you know, right out of high school, I went to college for teaching, and uh, that paid off, but... You know, it's actually uh, the COVID, you know, COVID, what COVID gave to us sort of made me write the book. I, Mickey and I were living with um, my then fiance, um, Rick, and, you know, we were, you know, pretty much on lockdown like everybody else. And I had had um, people suggest, you know, I write you know, other authors. And I always wanted to bring more awareness to cochlear implants. I coached every sport Mickey was on, uh, you know, baseball, soccer, um, and have been, you know, an advocate without realizing it really what I was doing. I was just being his mom and, you know, being working from home 
and, you know, doing th- more things at home with Mickey to sort of homeschool him and educate him here while, you know, we weren't really interacting with the outside world. We got chickens and planted a bigger garden. And um, I just really wanted to bring awareness. Um, and, it, you know, I just took a shot at it. And the first book really ended up taking off. And uh, that was Mickey on the Move. And it did so well, uh, you know, it was suggested by many people that I do a series. And so, you know, it took some time, but <laughs> I, the, the second book came out and it's won a bunch of awards already. And really what it has done is educate everybody. And I donate to schools uh, because, you know, we should celebrate all of our unique differences and the things that make us all special. And the only way we can really do that is through education. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think that that is such a beautiful, beautiful way, especially during COVID. And you took, during this difficult period, you you just took this opportunity to raise awareness about your son. Um, and And I just absolutely love that. It's just, it's, it's so heartwarming for me when I think about it. And, you know, what was it like for, for Mickey um, in school growing up with these cochlear implants? It was, I mean, he knows really nothing else. Uh, like, you know, I, like I said, he's just, he's received so much love. And something that I always like to really emphasize on is that, Adults and children alike, all, you know, all we all really need is, is love and, you know, a little enthusiasm. And I never, um, I, you know, Mickey and I did as much as we could. I'm grateful for the, all the time I was able to spend in the classrooms. You know, he did not attend um, a typical classroom, you know, as most children do until he was, in the fourth grade, and that was here where we live, uh, on the next block, which also that inspired my book um, because he was able to ride his bike to school when we when we first began. He was at a special school. It was um, in San Francisco, and it was a special day class for children that were just implanted. It was a preschool, and, you know, they really emphasized on speech and then uh, that was an hour and a half from our house. Uh, and then he eventually got into a school, which was 45 minutes away in a town called Santa Rosa. And um, there he was also in a special day class with other kids with cochlear implants. Um, some of them had some other disabilities. And we just truly, you know, went, jumped both feet into everything. I encouraged him to try everything possible you know, play every sport. We have very long days with a, you know, 40, with basically two hours of driving. And then we would do, uh, you know, speech after school. We've had a wonderful speech therapist here in our town. Her name is also Michelle. She's Hmm. become part of our family. And, um, you know, even now that Mickey's in high school, he is still seeing her because, you know, we just, you know, Like I said, like from the very beginning, 
both his dad and I wanted to make sure he was able to access every opportunity possible. Wow. You, any challenges that he faced? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of frustration and there was when he was younger, not wanting to keep the cochlear implants on for those people that um, don't really know much about cochlear implants. First of all, it's one of the great advances of modern medicine. That That's for true. For, I mean, it, they're, they're truly um, biomechanical organ, you know, very dis- distinct from hearing aids. Um, and, and they just, they directly electrically stimulate the acoustic nerve. So he has something on the inside of his head and then on the outside he wears kind of mini of a mini computer and stuff with a magnet that attaches to his head. And as anyone can imagine, you know, sometimes kids have a hard time wanting to wear sunscreen or a hat. <laughs> and Mickey had these magnets on his head, you know, that sometimes they wanted to rip off. He wanted to, you know, he would throw off or, you know, in the beginnings there were times I think he had headaches from them when he was first implanted Mm. and you know with the speech barrier and learning language at an older age it was really hard for him to explain what he was wearing on his head and to other children and to other parents and that really that really inspired me to write the books because now and even you know when we're traveling when I first wrote the book, Mickey kind of used the books as a business card. (laughs) There's a picture of the implantation and what the cochlear looks like and what's on the inside of his head along with what goes on the outside of his head. But there, you know, there were the challenges were just trying to explain why he is quote unquote different. What was his reaction when you published the book? Did you ask him for permission to write it in the first place? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mentioned it to him, and he loves books. He especially <laughs> loves picture books. He's very visual. And, and you know, I just said I'm going to write a book, a book about you or a book about your cochlear implants, so he knew. And then the day, you know, and we would, um, you know, once I worked with the publisher and got the print, you know, version, just like on my computer PDF, I would print it out and we colored it together. And, and then once we received the card copy of the book, he could not believe it. And I mean, he was just telling everybody he was, you know, the best little salesman. I bet. (laughs) Uh, I mean, he was just thrilled. And then when the second one came out, he was even more thrilled. And, you know, he is so proud of it, proud about it. He's proud of where he is today, how far he's come. And, you know, all of our our joint achievements. So you you did talk about him in sports. Um, has there ever has there been any challenges with 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 sports or anything, um, or it's it's like anything? It's just a learning curve. Yes. Well, no. There it had its own set of challenges um, up until about three years ago. Uh, cochlear implants. There was no way to swim or do any type of water sports with them on. Mm. And in the second book, Mickey on the Move, Farming, 
I, um, I touch on that because now they have developed uh, like aqua cochlears and it's, you know, you just, you have to um, put all these extra devices and waterproof things onto your cochlear implant. And Mickey now has uh, definitely, uh, you know, adapted to doing this on his own. But as you can imagine, a young child needs help getting dressed. And so Mickey always, you know, needed help with, with everything. So in the beginning, he, he loves to swim and he was just, he couldn't hear anything while he was swimming. So I would teach either other children sw- swimming with him or when we did swimming lessons, as much signing as I could just to, in order for him to be able to interact and understand with the other kids what was going on um, and things like that. As far as wearing a magnet and a processor on your head, you can imagine when you're running around, it just falls off. Mm. Um, and so we, you know, just talking to other parents with, um, that's why I'm always happy to talk to other parents who have children with cochlear implants. Um, somebody, another parent had told me about uh, buying wig tape and cause it's like double-sided tape and just using it on the back of the cochlear so that it sticks to his head. Have you tried it? Has it oh, worked? We've been doing it since I found out about it. So since <laughs> he was probably four years old, we've been doing that uh, because it works better than actually connecting like a string that attaches to his clothes to do it. And, uh, and then as far as playing like baseball, soccer, all of that, um, I found special helmets when he was playing um, like Little League. And they actually have an extra space inside the helmet for uh, for like so the cochlear cochlear implant on the outside has room, but none of this happened overnight. None of this was easy, you know. And this <laughs> is, this is twelve years later, and when I look back now, you know, it seems surreal that we were able to go through that and be here where we are today because there was a lot of you know very hard, challenging times. And, you know, I try to have a positive outlook on everything. And I think my positive attitude rubbed off on Mickey Mm -hmm. and he, that, and he doesn't, he, you rarely will see him too frustrated. Uh, and you know, my patients, you know, I, I mean, it was, is what I wanted to do. I always wanted to be a mom Mm -hmm. and Um, You know, I never imagined getting divorced shortly after finally becoming a mom, especially after, you know, going through a long adoption process. And it was a hard time for me as well. And um, I'm actually 10 and a half years sober now um, because I chose to live the healthiest lifestyle I could so that I could have, uh, you know, really a lot of clarity with each day and I could give Mickey my all because I, you know, that was what he deserved. And, you know, thinking now what might've happened to him if he stayed in that, you know, orphanage in Russia. Um, I just really, I put him first and, um, you know, I, it's, you know, I had a lot of support through community and family and friends, very supportive of everything. And, I think the best way to, you know, gain support is to be open and to share. And I shared 
you know, everything that I was feeling and going through and, you know, through that today, um, you know, I don't think that there's anything that comes our way that we can't try and take on. <laughs> was there, and you said you've been sober for 10 years. Congratulations. That's incredible. Thank you. Did you have a support system around you to help get you sober? Uh, definitely. The same support system that Mickey and I have had through, you know, his you know, you know, not being typical in his imp implantation. I, um, you know, uh, I was, I say lucky now that I was able to go to a program, um, a, a rehabilitation program here in the Bay Area so that I could fully take on um, learning, educating myself about addiction and, you know, both, both processes were kind of similar. And I'm always, you know, I'm the first to admit when I don't know something or when I don't understand something. And when Mickey was implanted, we registered um, in the John Tracy Clinic, which was Southern California. And it was kind of to teach a parent and child how to live together in a successful way um, with, with, you know, hearing impairment and all the challenges it might bring. And we did that right away when he was two and a half and it was intense. And it was for, um, you know, three weeks we lived in these dorms with other kids that were newly cochlear, had cochlear implants. And it really gave me the ground basis for how to, how for, for how, you know, me and Mickey were gonna function in our home. You know, he needed to be quiet. He couldn't go to restaurants. You know, loud situations were difficult and me, then being able to go uh, to rehab to really learn about addiction and how I could live a healthier lifestyle uh, helped me, you know, and we embraced both of them. And till this day, we still take what we learned from there. You know, I take what I learned from both the John Tracy Clinic and um, Altamira, which is the rehabilitation place I went to for addiction. And those are, those are part of our lives every single day. Wow. Uh, you know, as mothers, a lot of us mothers were, were like, oh, well, we'll just, we'll have a drink. And, you know, sometimes it, it, it gets too much. Um, but when did you realize that you needed to get help? Um, well, the thing is, I, I like didn't even think I had a problem. And so I was mostly in denial. And then I was realizing that I was sort of drowning my sorrows about divorce and, you know, probably, um, you know, the whole adoption process in itself was very intense. And, uh, you know, the trips to Russia and then seeing all those children, and you know, it was a lot to handle at the, the time. And, you know, I think, I, you know, drowning my sorrows was a big part of it. And, you know, family members actually, you know, suggesting that I, you know, stop drinking. And I said, no, that's, that's not it. And, you know, finally, I just, it got to be too much. And I, you know, was dependent on it. And, you know, I knew I couldn't do it on my own. I knew I needed 
help and um, that I wasn't going to be able to stop on my own. And, um, you know, I, and like, just like with Mickey, you know, finding a place like the John Tracy Clinic for him to go to, my family members helped find one of the best places I could go to because time was of the essence. Mm-hmm. Um, Mickey was newly implanted. Um, I went right when my divorce was finalized. And it's one of the best gifts I've ever given myself um, to this day. And the community that I've met through through that here in our local town and just everybody worldwide, you know, I've spoken, you know, at all kinds of seminars and different rehab clinics and I'm a huge participant in meetings and advocate for that as well. And I'm very open about it. And, you know, because of that, I think I've been able to help a lot of people with that as well. I mean, just listening to you, I feel like there's so many people who are just going to just say, yeah, me too. Me too. And and maybe just from you just saying that, they'll say, maybe I should get some help. So I think what you're doing for yourself, what you're doing for Mickey is just incredible. Um, I, you know, going back to what you were talking about, um, you know, Mickey playing baseball. Um, you know, my daughter, she plays baseball. And on her team, there's a boy who um, who is deaf. So he's, he does sign language. He doesn't wear implants. Um, just the sweetest kid. And, you know, when I think about m- myself growing up, I feel like that wouldn't have been a thing. Like everyone loves this kid and everyone supports this kid and everyone's rooting for this kid. And I feel like so many people do that because there's so much awareness about, you know, people's differences and how we should celebrate everyone's differences. And I think that your book does exactly that. And I think, you know, I, I, I feel, I'm, I'm sure you give yourself enough credit for it, but I really don't know if you do, because I think it's such a beautiful thing for, for other kids to be able to be like, Oh, this is, this is normal. Just, this is, this is, we, we want to celebrate everyone. And, you know, makes me tear up because I think it's just so sweet. So I feel like what you're doing and in, in writing this book and creating awareness, not only around your own situation, um, but Mickey's as well. Um, and I think that's for a trauma survivor thrivers podcast. It, that's, that's kind of the whole premise is to, you know, whether it's little T traumas or big T traumas, uh, you know, showing that people can be resilient. And, you know, you said earlier about your, your attitude, your positive attitude and how that rubbed off. I'm a hundred percent a believer that that positive energy gets transferred. Cause even I notice it with my children when I'm in a bad mood and I'm being negative, my kids are not happy and they're also negative. Um, sure. <laughs> right. It's, it's, and, and, and so making, and also making that change that you did and, and going to get sober and being sober for 10 years. I mean, he, I, I'm not sure if he knows exactly what has happened, but he can feel that. He can feel that resilience, um, that energy. Right. And I, I agree. And, you know, he doesn't, it's hard for him to understand because he, um, you know, with his premature birth and things, has had a lot of cognitive delays also. So it's 
it's not like, you know, the only challenge we have is his hearing loss. Um, you know, and he's just learning now how to read and, um, you know, it's, we have, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, um, it's, you know, still a long road ahead. And, you know, now, you know, a topic lately that's um, come up and, you know, I've taken like fully on because I'm, I'm grateful that Mickey thinks of me as his best friend and is so trustworthy mm-hmm. of me. And, you know, it's me, he, he chooses to talk to about puberty oh, <laughs> and all wonderful. this, you know, and it's, of course, he's older than most children would probably be interested in it and stuff. But, you know, I, I kind of, as a, as a, you know, mom, not the dad or the stepdad being the one he wants to talk to, um, ask other parents, you know, because this is, this is my first time, you know, talking puber about going through puberty with a 14 year old boy and all the questions that come with it. And I've had so many people, um, so openly share with, you know, what they have used, um, and techniques and books and, you know, I'm always open you know, to suggestions. And it's really helped us uh, with that at the moment. What is your biggest tip or suggestion for parents with special needs children? Uh, Just to just love, you know, I always go back to um, loving them. And, you know, a resilient parent, you know, is a great model for a resilient child and a parent that gives it their all and never gives up and, you know, is just present and very, you know, part of that child's life is the best thing that uh, truly that you could do. But a positive attitude and just being able to be open and engaging um, and, you know, always there, always there for them. Mm. Is, is, is all a child needs, and it's uh, the same for adults, similar for, for adults. I mean, everybody needs, you know, a friend, a hug, some love. You know, we're, we are all social animals, and, uh, you know, I think I, I have done everything up until this point and will continue to do that to allow Mickey to feel comfortable in every social situation. Mm. Are there more books in the series to come? Yes, there are. Right now I am working um, on book number three, and there, there will be an emphasis on the sports and, as I mentioned, about the special hel- helmets and things like that. And, you know, there's been a football player. Uh, he used to play for the Seahawks that had cochlear implants, and that's how they made the special helmets, where that whole thing came from and how I was able to source a helmet with a space for a cochlear implant when he was playing Little League. And another author of children's books, and she does, um, she writes books about each football team, and she's the cheerleader of the book. Um, You know, I met her, I'm from Chicago, she's from Pennsylvania, but we've connected, and she inspired me and kind of, you know, encouraged me to start writing. And, uh, you know, she hasn't done a book yet about the 49ers. And uh, so we are going to uh, also co-write a book together, aside from book number three for Mickey on the Move. Wow. So you're busy. Busy. 
Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> Did you ever imagine the success of the series? No, that is for <laughs> sure. I never thought I would have to run so many prints of it. I never imagined it would win so many awards. Uh, but really, the thing that warms my heart the most is how much Mickey loves it, how proud he is of it, mm -hmm. and how schools um, actually now worldwide, uh, not just in the United States, are really taking it as part of their curriculum. Oh, that is incredible. Wow. That is amazing. You must be so proud. I, I am. I, yeah. <laughs> At times of disbelief, but yes, proud. Wow. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add? Um, I think that just, you know, we, we can all do the unimaginable if we put our hearts into it and we could all, you know, get, be very supportive to the friends and family and children around us. And, you know, nobody, nobody were, can do things on their own. It's not afraid to ask for help. And that's something I've really modeled for Mickey, you know, and in my sobriety, you know, asking for help in learning more about cochlear implants, asking for help. And I always keep my door literally open and I'm willing to help anyone. Well, thank you, Michelle, for joining me today. I really appreciate having you here and just learning more about what you've done and your story. I think it's beautiful um, and, and absolutely wonderful. So thank you so much. Thank you, Laurelie. It's been a pleasure. Well, that was Michelle Wagner, children's book author and advocate for families with special needs children. For more info on Michelle, you can click on that scrolling fortune cookie right there on your screen, and that will send you to her website where you can purchase her book. Michelle has contributed to July's issue of Authentic Insider, and you can catch that issue by going to my website at Trauma Survivor Thrivers, uh, Trauma Survivor Thriver. Dot com. That's TraumaSurvivorThriver.com. November's issue is out now. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to my email list to get Authentic Insider Magazine in your inbox monthly. Thank you so much for joining me today. We will be taking a break for the holidays, but we will be back in January with an awesome lineup of guests. So please follow me on Instagram and all of my social media platforms to see what's happening in the meantime. You've been listening to a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast on Fireside. I'm Lori Lee Benstock. Have a safe and healthy holiday season.